Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There is no better group of pots of flower power forms of the shrubby potentilla. Hello and welcome to This Week in the Garden. I'm Peter Seabrook, here to help with some of your gardening quandaries. Today, I'll be joined by someone at the forefront of new plant introductions. To talk about that and the work the company does with beekeepers, from Sutton Seeds, it's Rob Smith. My thanks to Westland Horticulture, sponsors of this podcast. We should expect rough winds in March, and certainly we had some this week. Like many people, no doubt, I had a fence panel blow down uh, and need to do some quick repairs, otherwise I'll have the whole lot down. If uh, I was working out on garden centres with uh, wind like that, I would hate it. You know, as fast as you stood plants up, the wind blows them down again. It's relentless and it can do quite a bit of damage. But there we are. That's nature. We have to live with it. Uh, This week, it's the Pansy and Viola Festival at the Meadowcroft Garden Centre, and at least folk going uh, this coming weekend from the week will be undercover to see that amazing collection of hundreds of different pansies and violas. And if you go on a nice, warm, sunny day, you could be surprised how many of them have uh, a really nice fragrance to them. If you do go, look out for the pansy trailing types. They're very vigorous, particularly good, obviously, for hanging baskets and the edges of containers. But uh, I'm finding that they're very useful to plant in beds and borders too because that extra vigour means that they spread out very quickly and they don't half flower. I was driving into the garden centre of Coolings at Knockholt and they've got a long border planted out. Give that another week or two's warm weather and it'll be a fantastic show. News this week from uh, Fibrex Nurseries. They're specialists in uh, pelagoniums, ivies and ferns. Uh, I've known them for three generations, I think. Uh, And they've stopped taking orders from uh, across the Channel. No more orders accepted from Europe until after Brexit. They're very worried about what might happen. If we do get uh, a clean Brexit then the chances are that nurserymen sending plants from here to Europe will have to uh, pay for a plant health inspection. That'll cost about £70, I think, and a lab certificate just to make sure everything's clean and healthy. Uh, And uh, Fibrex are certainly uh, taking it gently. They say also that there's a tremendous lot of um, orders going out in March, uh, and really if in early April, along with that, heavy workload they've got additional paperwork to do could cause them some confusion if garden clubs and societies too are looking for speakers uh, as they often are uh, perhaps they should try howard drury 
uh, I met him last week. Uh, he offers a whole load of topics, uh, including celebrity gardeners, uh, people like Percy Thrower, and he worked alongside Cyril Fletcher in the Midlands for some years. So uh, don't forget Howard Drury. I think you'd have an entertaining evening listening to him. Uh, amongst the new products launched to us last week, Forest have introduced what they call a Victorian walk-around greenhouse. It's just a very small greenhouse, from memory about six foot square, but there's doors in all four sides, and you work from the outside. Now, you know what it is. You put up a small greenhouse, most about six by eight, and you put a path down the middle, and, of course, it takes at least a third of the floor space to grow things. So it's quite a clever idea, using all of the internal space to grow things and just opening the door and work from the outside. Mind you, uh, uh, I tend to go into my polytunnel when the weather's rough, so I'm afraid if it's raining, you'll have to be standing outside and get wet while your plants stay indoors and get dry. But the key thing to it always, especially with a small-volume greenhouse, is the ventilation. And I was interested to see that there are two vents in the roof of this small greenhouse uh, and you can fit automatic vents. So if the sun comes out and it gets very hot, then automatically the windows, the vents open uh, and it helps to cool it. I was interested too to hear the background to a new soil treatment called Blooming Amazing Soil Conditioner. There's a farm uh, down in the southwest. Uh, I think quite a big farm, 5,000 acres, I think. And they grow maize to compost to generate biogas. And when they compost this maize, uh, it gives off a liquid fertiliser, about 80%, uh, and 20% of the bulk remains as a fibre residue. And that makes a very good soil improver. And I think it'd make a pretty good mulch. Uh, it actually contains quite a bit of plant food, uh, in the ratios 4 to 4, you know, if you look at all fertilisers on the pack, it'll give you those sort of ratio numbers. And 4, the first one is nitrogen, 2 is the phosphates, and 4, potash. And a 4 to 4 plant food is pretty good going. Now, when it comes to gardening advice, uh, last week again, I heard a talk from Chris Cork. Uh, he's the head gardener at Beely Abbey. Really lovely old building, that is, he's got to work against, and some really uh, old Tudor-type walls. And he had a cottage flower border that was absolutely stunning. They've got quite a lot of roses there, too. Uh, uh, pretty well all David Austin roses. Uh, uh, and he was saying that uh, a number of them grow really quite strong, uh, as we were talking about several months ago. Um, things like Graham Thomas and Shropshire Lad... Uh, can be trained up uh, as quite modest growing climbers. I mean, if you're ever uh, into the Molden Essex area, Beely Abbey Gardens are open to the public uh, once or so a month, and that makes a very good place to visit. All plants that are going to be growing strongly and flowering a lot, of course, will need feeding, uh, and I've had uh, general fertiliser uh, scattered around my roses in the last week or so, uh, the rose fertiliser is high potash and of course that suits uh, a number of other fruits as well as roses. I like to put rose fertiliser on uh, 
red currants, certainly on the more tasty fruit trees, that's uh, apples uh, and pears. But if it's a culinary thing, something like blackcurrant, rhubarb, or gooseberries, the culinary gooseberry, then you need a bit more nitrogen. And so uh, Growmore will probably do those pretty well. If you stop and think about it, black currants, you prune them really hard each year, you cut a lot of wood out, and so, of course, you will need uh, some energy, some plant food to replace that growth. And rhubarb the same. You know, you're pulling a lot of stems and leaves, and so that wants uh, a bit of feeding, and now's a good time to do that. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Our guest today is Rob Smith. Uh, he's the product development manager uh, for Sutton's and Dobie Seeds. Goodness, yeah, pretty fascinating and interesting job. But Rob, how did you first get into it? You know, what's your background? My background, it's a really strange one, a strange way to come into horticulture. Um, basically, I've been a really keen gardener for many, many years. Started off with um, my, my granddad on his allotment when I was about three years old, um, growing all his stuff and growing uh, things of my own as well. Um, been very keen as a gardener all the way through my life. And then in 2015, um, entered a program called the Big Allotment Challenge on BBC Two. Um, and basically, um, I got whittled down from, I think it was about 5,000 people that entered to the contestants that went on the TV and eventually won the programme. I should have remembered and known that, shouldn't I? <laughs> Watched all the programmes. It yes. was a while ago now, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, but I should still have remembered it. A beautiful walled garden, wasn't it? It was. Maple Durham, it was absolutely stunning, absolutely beautiful place yeah. to actually um, to grow, to be privileged to grow in, yeah. And did you just go there one day a week? I mean, how did you cope with that? No, it was... Um, at the time, I used to work for a long-haul airline. I was cabin crew for a long-haul airline for um, nearly 20 years. Um, so I had quite a few days off at a time between different trips. And basically, I, um, I used to go down there on a Friday and Saturday, uh, stay over Friday, Saturday night, and w work there on the Sunday as well. So it was three days a week for six months. We were actually down there growing, preparing and filming. 
And were the other allotmenteers the same then? Did you all do three-day stints? Yeah, I think I think the maximum we could do was about four days. Otherwise, it became a little bit unfair because I lived in Sheffield, which took me about three, three and a half hours to get down there. And one of the other contestants only lived in the next village, so he could cycle over on his bike whenever he wanted. I mean, he needed a handicap. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. He should have gone via Scotland or something like that. Yeah. So the job you've got now really was almost the answer to a prayer or a dream. Yeah, it was, It was well, you know what it's like when you garden as a, as a hobby. It, it's amazing. You, you love the hobby, and then for the hobby to actually become a job, it is, I, I'm, I, cl- I count myself as probably one of the luckiest people alive to um, actually go for something and make a living out of what I absolutely love to do. Well, for most of us, I mean, it's not a job, it's where life, isn't exactly, it? Exactly, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Well, now, if we get uh, on to the, the job itself with uh, Suttons and Dobies, uh, what exciting things have you you got for us in the uh, current year? Um, um, you know, I met you last week uh, yeah. and we were talking about uh, delphiniums and peppers and sedums and all kinds of things. So can you run through some of uh, the exciting things you're uh, offering? Yeah, from the uh, from the plant side of things, like you said, we've got the um, new sedum atlantis, which is a variegated, really pretty little uh, little plant. Uh, there are things like the delphinium cinderella, which is the uh, first year flowering. It's almost well, it's double, almost triple flowered uh, pink um, delphinium with a a little green uh, bee in the centre. Um, and then there are things like the isoplexus, the new um, isoplexus. Um, I think it's called is it belladonna belladonna i think um which is taken from the uh, the one from the wild one from the canaries but it's actually been domesticated and and most and people be made shorter yeah most people would know that as, as a sort of foxglove hybrid yeah and it, it's got that really unique um color to it so it's like a really bright orange but the, the petals and the actual flowers are different to a normal foxglove so they're a lot more pointed a lot more striking in the garden and, and if I could go back for a minute to the delphinium, is that seed raised? I mean, are you offering seeds or plants? No, no, no. That's going to be as plants. That was, I think, that was developed in um, New Zealand. So that's coming. That's coming in as plants. Now, one of the things that um, I've worked with Suttons and Dobies with over the years are grafted tender crops. Yeah. Uh, uh, things like tomatoes, cucumbers, aubergines. Uh, and, and there's no question in my mind whether you're growing in a greenhouse or outside. The grafted plant is a much better garden plant. Yeah, you, well, you look at the two together if you ever compare them, and the, the difference is just striking straight away from it being a young seedling. They're just so much more vigorous, so they look healthier, and uh, they just produce so much more as well. It's my practice, usually, I tend to go for the high flavoured cherry tomatoes um, to take two stems up and and you actually offer two varieties on one plant don't you yeah that's right we do a a grafted duo so for those people that don't have say so much space or they've only got a small greenhouse but they want to grow a couple of uh, a couple of varieties we graft two together so so you only have one stem from the ground but then you have um, two leaders shall we call it with two different varieties on the top and the roots are strong enough to actually carry those two stems and you get well not quite double the crop but getting pretty close to it yeah i think it's in trials we've got about it's about 75 percent more than on its own rootstock so it's it's a big difference for people who haven't got the room to grow hundreds of different tomatoes and the rootstocks will have 
Uh, quite a bit of disease resistance, weren't they? Yeah, we, we, we change our rootstocks quite regularly because, as you'll know, if people grow in the same soil in the border of their greenhouse, pests and diseases can really build up, um, especially with tomatoes, and the yield can go down year on year. So by us changing the rootstock, it doesn't let that pest or disease get a hold on the plant. So if you grow the same variety, your favourite variety every single year, you know, at least with a grafted plant, that they're still going to crop, they're still going to perform, and they won't be affected by the diseases or the pests. I wasn't aware of that at all, yeah. that you actually change stock. Yeah, we've been we've actually been looking at some uh, we're, we're looking at some new root stock at the moment, which should uh, mean that grafted, especially tomatoes and aubergines, will crop later into the season because they'll be able to cope with the cold more as well. Really? Yeah. So it's, it's it's something we've been working on for the last couple of years, which is seeming to bear fruit, so to speak. Uh, no pun intended. At the moment in our trials, so it's something that we're yeah we're really keen on at the moment with our grafting. And the cold resistance in the rootstock is yep. actually carried up through the cultivar, the scion that you've grafted on. Yeah, it's, it's basically from how, how it works with um, our breeders. We've been looking at the fact that some tomatoes don't necessarily ripen or won't continue to crop later in the season because as the soil temperature gets colder, it slows the plant down. So it's not just the above ground bit of the plant that's affected. It's, as you know, when you start to grow things in colder soil, they don't germinate or they don't grow as quick. So these rootstocks can cope with the colder soil temperatures. Where do they find the rootstocks? <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't tell you that one yet. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we've been talking about tomatoes. Yeah. Um, aubergine, the same family. So are they on the same rootstocks? They can be on the same rootstock or they can be on wild aubergine rootstocks. Or there's, it, it, it can alter basically what rootstock you use can alter how, how the plant performs, the top bit of the plant. But what um, we did in our trials last year, we had aubergines growing outside down here in Devon under a couple of pine trees so they probably had shade from around three o'clock in the afternoon and I've never seen such uh, big and productive plants in in my in my career or in my life really with the aubergines on this new rootstock that we had it was it was really mind-blowing when you saw what they produced really yeah it was, uh, it was uh, fantastic and when will that be on offer where, well, what we want to do is make sure that this actually does work and it does what it says on the tin. So you know what last year was like. It was a really, really good year for, uh, for, for, for those types of crops. So we don't want to alter the figures by saying, yes, they do work. We want, hopefully, an average year this year just to make sure the rootstocks do it again so we can actually say and prove with photos this rootstock actually does perform. Yeah, uh, uh, it was in my mind that certainly last summer, suited aubergines well and all the um, hot summer tropical crops yeah, yeah. that's that's why we, do, we don't we don't want to launch this straight away uh, just in case it doesn't do what it does but for the last two years it's, it's really really worked now moving on to cucumbers and grafted cucumbers uh, one of the old traditional practices when your cucumbers became a little tired uh, well into the summer we would earth them up yeah uh, but of course with grafted plants that would be a disaster yeah, if you earth one of those, you may get a courgette coming from the um, from the from the rootstock as well. So, oh, really? Yeah, we don't necessarily just use um, actual 
cucumber rootstock for them there are different ones that you can use so it doesn't just because you're growing a cucumber doesn't mean that the rootstock would be cucumber or uh, if you're growing a melon a melon might not necessarily be a melon rootstock that we're using for the actual vigor so it, it changes as they develop them the rootstocks are leaps and bounds ahead of what they used to be uh, they're constantly changing mainly because they're used for um, commercial purposes as, a, as the forefront of this, uh, that's why when Sutton's introduced the grafted veg a few years ago, it all came from the commercial aspect of the horticultural side, just because they cropped so well. And we thought, well, why, why, if it works for commercial growers, can we not offer this to a home grower? Yeah, I mean, commercially, I think it's over 90% of uh, the crops are on grafted plants. Yeah, 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 they're all grafted. It's just yeah. They just grow so well. And I, I presume you'll have seen them when you go to Holland and places and they're literally, the plants are growing up and across and they just, they're on wires for like 10, 15 feet compared to what we'd have them on at home. Yeah. Well, we've got two or three really big producers here too. Yeah. You know, in Kent and uh, just up the road from me in Suffolk, we have two really enormous tomato nurseries. I think one of them's almost double production in the last two years. Crikey, yeah. yeah. So those things are really on the move. Uh, in amongst the new plants, we slipped through sweet peas, which are a very popular cut flower for me. Yeah. You have a new sweet pea, don't you? Yeah, we do. This was one that we've been working for a couple of years um, on with one of our uh, one of our breeders, and basically it's 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 sold as a ground cover, or should we call it a carpet type sweet pea, which basically they grow to about four feet. Uh, should we say high or long but they don't produce many tendrils so they don't actually climb like a normal sweet pea so if you just leave it on the ground it will crawl for about it's about 120 centimeters or four feet Um, but because of the the habit of the plant the leaves stay very close to the floor but it actually throws up the uh, the flowers so it almost looks like a bluebell wood so that's (laughs) why we've called it the bluebell carpet well, somebody's coined a really good name there. <laughs> I, I, I did see these uh, um, several years ago. I think I saw four colours, but they were greenhouse grown. Yeah. And they were, I mean, just almost like a, a bed, an eider down of flower. Yeah, it's just, uh, it's an amazing sight, isn't it? When you see them all and you just, uh, at first glance, if you're far enough away, you could actually think with the colour and the actual habit of them that you were going towards uh, bluebells, but then suddenly you get this really heavy waft of the uh, sweet pea scent as well. So it's, it's almost like a two-in-one for that one. Yeah, be great for banks, wouldn't it? You know? Yeah, it'd be lovely, yeah. Keep it watered well enough in the summer and you'll, you'll have lots and lots of flowers on a bank. It'll look absolutely stunning. Now, another development within the uh, Sutton camp is your interest in beekeeping and looking after the apiarist. I mean, does that come into product development, Tom? Yeah, it, it has. We, 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 we basically last year launched um, a new set of products called uh, Pollinators and Predators. So these were seeds that were specifically to be grown to encourage different uh, insects into the garden. So if you think we've done bumblebees, honeybees, uh, lacewings, ladybirds, hoverflies, so things that will eat the pests to help the gardener as well, but will also encourage in the pollinators and the bees at the same time. I hear about a salad leaf, 
which tastes like roast beef. Now, what's, <laughs> now what's that all about? Come on, that sounds yeah. like a bit of catalogue blur, but does. No, what? do you know what? It, it's absolutely bizarre. It's actually a tree. I, I think it is bizarre. It's, no, it, Rob. It, it, it's, it's a tree. It's a tuna sinensis, so it's a Chinese mahogany. Um, but if you grow it as a young seedling um, and grow it as, like a, 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 as a small leaf, it does really, really, I promise you, hand on heart, it tastes like beef and onion crisps. It's absolutely bizarre. To um, I, when, when we grew these and when we tried them, I um, I gave some to our MD David, and he he looked at me and said virtually the same thing you've done while raising an eyebrow, um, and then tried it, and you sort of get the you get the really oniony allium flavour to start with, and then suddenly it's almost like a a bovrily oxo flavour that follows on, like a really deep beef flavour. It's absolutely bizarre. I've never tried a plant like it in my life. But it's um, it's just really strange, but it really works for salads and garnishes and things like that. Um, and then if you want to, you can actually, if you give it a bit of protection over the winter for the first couple of years, you can grow it into a small tree in your garden. What do I do then? I need to get a packet of seed? Yep, get a packet of seed. Just literally sow them. It's only like a centimetre, two centimetres deep. Um, and once they're off and up, don't harvest them uh, like you would a baby leaf if you want the tree. Just leave it to grow. I've got a couple in my unheated greenhouse that have been there all year. They probably grew to about a foot tall last year. They drop all their leaves um, and they just look like many other trees, just literally like a little stick in a pot. Um, and then mine have started to sprout probably about a week, week and a half ago. Um, and in China, it's really popular as a vegetable. So when the new uh, leaf growth starts, all the leaves in one area seem to come from one node. So it's not just one leaf from one node. And it almost looks like a very small um, bunch of celery. If you harvested uh, a bunch of celery or bought one in the supermarket, they all grow like that. And in China, they have a special hook on a stick and they'll go around all the plants and they hack them to pull the new, um, like the new leaves off in one big clump and then they sell them as you would um bunches of celery unbelievable yeah but well, it's, why haven't we come across this before i it's, it's been out for a while now peter it's it's something that have been in different uh different mixers in different microgreens and things like that and i think a few restaurants have used it but no one seemed to really pick up on the actual flavour and the fact that you don't have to let it grow into a tree if you don't want to and you don't have the ability to overwinter it. You can uh, just grow it as this tiny little plant and use it in salads or sandwiches or even for the kids. It's absolutely amazing. Little kids, my niece and nephew, were absolutely amazed when they tried it because they got the beefy flavour, but it came from a a little green plant. (laughs) Now, what does a packet of seed cost? Uh, have I put you on the spot? Is that an Ooh, unfair I, question? Uh, and if I do get a packet of seed, yeah, uh, well, we, you, and we, I saw well, it, I'm sure we can send you a packet of seeds for those. Uh, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm not on a scrounge. <laughs> I, I can afford, I think, a packet of seed just about, just you know, about, if I save up for the week. <laughs> uh, uh, but if I sow that, yeah, some of the seeds I could eat then as salad leaves. How quickly? Yeah. And others I would leave just to see if I could grow a tree. Yeah, that's right. You probably, you're talking about a month, six weeks, and you probably have enough to take a few leaves off the, the, the new plants. So you get 50 seeds in a pack, um, and they're two ninety nine. So you've got plenty to grow on as trees. You only probably want one or two. I've got two in, I think they're in three-litre pots. Uh, and like I said, they're about a foot tall from last year. Um, but then you either eat them all up as the small leaves or, or just grow them on. 
I'm certainly going to lay hands on a packet and I'm going to take it to the local school. We have a workshop every Thursday. Oh, they love it. And I think that's absolutely made for school kids. Yeah, they love that. Rob, it's fascinating speaking to you. Uh, I must chase you up again to keep up to date with all that you're doing, you know. Yeah, Uh, definitely. Yeah, it's very kind. Thanks very much. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. My thought this week... Uh, was pinned up uh, in a residential home. It said, A kindness, no matter how small, is always worthwhile. I think it was Aesop who said that. So there we are. Need to do a kindness, always worthwhile. My thanks to Westland Horticulture, sponsors of this podcast... And, of course, to my producer, Charlie Jones. Enjoy your garden. We'll be back next Thursday. Discover more at sungardening.co.uk. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.